Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the amazing pop culture podcast starring Dags and Rez. Today, we have a powerful episode. We're going up to the top of the mountain, the Twin Peaks of Kilimanjaro Whoa. in the great state of Africa. Is it a state or a country? What is Africa, Mike or DJ Rez? Uh, Africa is a uh, continent. It is. How many continents are there? 17. 17. All right. Yeah. Cool. Give or take, yeah. Yes. Hello, friends. Welcome. Welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created. Powerful episode today. We're going to be talking to, what do you go by? Grossman? Farber? What do you want to be? Do you have a cool name you want to use? I, you know, I don't really care. Just, I just want to know what, whatever it is, tell me, because there's so many mics here. I just want to make sure that you're, when you're talking to me, that I know you're talking to me. We do have a lot of microphones. You want to go with Farber? Sure. Why not? Farber. Welcome, Farber. Farber. Thanks, man. That's a powerful name. <laughs> Farber. Tell us right, the origin yeah. of Farber. It's, uh, well, it's German or Yiddish, depending on your point of view. It was our family's name back in the old country, and it got changed to Grossman uh, somewhere along the way. So we always knew that the name had historically been Farber, so I figured I'd take it back but isn't it true that you once did open mic and you used the name grossman <laughs> it's true well twice i did actually i did once uh here in minneapolis and once out in california with your friend earl but they didn't hear when i did it at the acme they they read it wrong they didn't say grossman they they, they read it as gross man <laughs> so it was accurate it's, it's comedy that's why it is it's funny right tell us yeah. about your comedy that's interesting Mike Rez should do stand-up. Mike Rez, do you want to do stand-up? Um, no, but... All right, but you should. I should, probably, yes. but I don't want to. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about your stand-up, and then we're going to get into your powerful trip to the peak of... Tanzania. Tanz- How do you say it? Is it Tanzania? It's Tanzania. Are you sure? <laughs> well, it's spelled Tanzania. It, it, it is. It is It is pronounced tan- Tanzania, but I heard... More than one local referred to it. What I thought was them saying Tan- Tanzania. So Ooh, I don't know. It right. could go either way. Try to be a smart yeah. ass and I end up being correct. Right. Yes. Powerful. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your uh, open mic. Right. Well, it was, you know, I, I tend to, to go brown. Uh, so I do, you know, I'm, I'm into the poop jokes and hemorrhoids and <laughs> whatnot. You know, I speak from experience. That's funny, so. though. It is. What, tell us one powerful joke. Um, I put you on the spot. Yeah, well, no. it's, you know, let's do it later because I'm sitting at my desk right now at work. Oh, you're uh, at work. Ah, yeah. Good excuse. Now, isn't it true that I wrote a funny joke for you on one of your bits? Yeah, it's true. It is true. Did it get any yeah. laughs? I think it did. Yeah, Thank you. you said, Thank what you, you said was, uh, 
I am a product of an erectile dysfunctional family. <laughs> oh, God. oh, I chuckled a little Thank bit. You. That was thanks that was for enjoying funny. that. You're right. It All caught right. me off guard, though. Yes. <laughs> now, Farber, let's get into your trek, your descent. Is it descent or ascent, or what do you call that when you go up? Uh, well, first it was the ascent, and then there was the descent. Yeah, I had to go up before I went down. Is this like a bucket list thing, or is this a religious thing, or why did you go to Africa? Well, it was a bucket list item, but it wasn't like a lifelong bucket list item. It became one when I saw the advertisement and I thought, geez, I got to do that. That seems really cool. I think what drew me to it in this particular case is the the tour company uh, offers uh, to do it kosher. That's kosher food and uh, keeping the, the Jewish Sabbath, which two two things that uh, are important to me. So. Yeah, I signed up. I was I think, the first person to sign up to do it of the nine who eventually signed up. Where did you see this advertisement? Oh, I saw it on the Facebook. It was a Facebook ad that actually worked. Yeah, well, it was posted by somebody that I know, a tour guide who was going to be on the trip as well. Um, he had he had to back out kind of toward the last minute because he had some heel issues, but uh, he he was advertising it. Now, have you ever done any rock climbing or mountain climbing before, or was this just something that you you wanted to do? As you said, it was became a bucket list item. But have you had? Did you have any experience climbing anything? Did you see the Stallone movie Cliffhanger? Is what he's asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but wasn't there a David Lee Roth video where he was rock climbing, swinging from uh, you know the face of the rock? <laughs> yes, he is just a gigolo. Right. Yeah among other things. So, um, no, I haven't. And, and, and to be honest, I, I didn't need any of that expertise because it wasn't really climbing so much as just walking. It was, there was no technical climbing involving to getting to the top of Kilimanjaro. Did you train for this trip? Oh man, not really. I mean, I, I probably should have, uh, but what, what, what I was always told is that the walk is not that difficult. The only the, the thing that people most struggle with is the elevation and the lack of oxygen, which you can't really train for. So, you know, I'm in decent shape for somebody my age. But you could and, blood uh, dope, right? Uh, yeah, they didn't check. They didn't test. Yes, so. true. <laughs> right. But uh, no, and, and, and to, uh, honestly, I, uh, I, I should have walked more, but, you know, I didn't. So what kind of gear do you need? Well, a good pair of hiking boots, I think, was probably the most important thing uh, broken in. So I, I bought a pair, I think, in August, September sometime and wore it every day, all the time, everywhere. Um, so it was broken in. And uh, but beyond that, you know, it's just it's all about layers, keeping warm, uh, keeping cool when you need to keep cool. And I like a McDLT. Yeah. Wow. Um, one side Thank is you. hot, one side is cold. Thank you. Yeah. Michael Rez predicted we'd get into fast food talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can't have a conversation with uh, Dags without no, eventually getting That is true. Food. Yeah, we, we most of our interviews delve into some kind of fast food talk. So we we got into trouble course. though, remember with the Australian? We did, yeah. The Australians hate fast food talk for some reason. One Australian. <laughs> we interviewed a dude that wrote a book on moonlighting. And he worked at Arby's. So, of course, I got into Arby's talk. Like 10 minutes of Arby's talk. <laughs> yeah, but it was 
Pertinent. Yes. It was. It was. Is very that the important. right word, Barbara? Pertinent. Yeah, I got no complaints okay, with that word. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, we started talking about Arby's and how they put the red sauce on the cheddar and beef. Uh-huh. Why do you put a red sauce on? And in fact, they hide it too. They hide it on the bottom bunk. Yeah, they don't want right. to see it. Right. Well, that seems a little unclear. Red? I mean, what does it taste like? Is it? Exactly. Is it's, it... like, it's like some watered down barbecue sauce, but not right. Arby's sauce. And they just call it red sauce. Like a uh-huh. French dressing that's weird. Yeah, like a uh-huh. weird French, like Western. Right. I yes. Back in the day when I ate fast food, I recall I, I would always put like the tri- the triumvirate of sauces on the ketchup of course uh the arby sauce and the horsey sauce Ooh. the holy trinity if you will right i don't yes. know about that That's yes well we know about that the, the arby's yeah. trinity yeah, we- yeah. <laughs> curly fries you yes. gotta get those fresh baked chocolate mm-hmm. chip cookies too why are you eating the girly yeah. fries do they still have that thing where you, if you show up with a, a ticket stub from oh a movie theater, they'll oh, give you a, a free sandwich? Yeah, tell us quickly about that, Barber. Uh, I think I just did. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Dan Simon. Ticket stub, didn't Dan they will Simon, give you. Yeah, didn't Dan Simon invent that? Uh, he was the one who discovered it. Yeah, but yeah that, he was the one who brought a, it to us. That was a thing. You'd go to the Highland Theater, take that ticket stub. Right. And then you'd go to Arby's right afterwards. That was like the date night thing back in high school. It's like, <laughs> I am so cheap and she's going to find out, but she got free Arby's, so she's okay. But you know what Dan Simon no. did? He would never give the him the stuff. He would keep it. Oh, he, he would palm it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. wonder how long you can use a stub for before they oh, catch him. Oh, trust him. him. Trust me. He, right. he, he did it He, he got times. through college, I think. He did. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talk a lot about St. Paul. All right, back to the trip. We're leaving St. Paul. We're going to Africa. All right. All right. Not, so, a, not a direct flight. No. So how many dudes, you said nine total? There were nine paying customers, and there was a crew of 40 Whoa. that were tending, tending to our needs. Uh, a lot of Sherpas. Getting us to the top. So where are these 40 people? Well, they had different tasks. I think 30 of the 40 were porters, and they were responsible basically just for carrying our crap. Um, from camp to camp. No, I guess I meant yeah. where were they staged? Were they? Did you meet them when you landed in Africa, or where did you hook up with? Oh these yeah, guys? yeah, they were okay. they were uh, the, the tour company hired everybody. I mean, they, okay. they brought everybody there, so we met them all the day one of the hike. We were in the parking lot of the Mount Kilimanjaro National Park, and there were forty dudes. So we're nine dudes, I take it, right? All men. Yeah, it was a men's trip. It was a men's trip. Yeah. It was a men's trip. How many men? There was nine. And where did they come from? All over the country? Uh, there were five from the U.S. and four from Canada. Oh. Oh, wow. Hey. Yeah. Well, I want to go back. How, what's, the, what's the plane trip like? I mean, how many flights did it take? And which countries did you have yes. layovers in? Yes. Thank you, Michael mm-hmm. Rez, for keeping Good us question. on track. Yeah, you're welcome. We, I, I flew to, to JFK, New York. Okay. Um, then from New York to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Kilimanjaro International Airport or JRO as it's referred in the business. How long did you have in Amsterdam? On the way there, I had just three hours. On the way back, I planned a longer layover and I went out into the city and explored a little bit. So I was there for probably seven or eight hours. Now, isn't it true, Farber, you did a viral video of you doing a handstand? Well, I don't know. How viral is it? Is it headstand or handstand? Well, I always get confused. I What's the difference? It. 
It's a headstand because my head is my head is making contact with the ground. What's a handstand? When, you, when you're walking point. on your hands, that's a handstand. Well, I think a, a handstand is just an extended headstand, but you know you push off from your head. You, and uh, but I I got bad shoulders, so I can't do those. So where was this headstand that went viral? I saw it on the amazing pop culture podcast. Yeah. Instagram. By the way, guys, make sure you check out our powerful social media, Twitter. At Amazing Pop Pod. We're on Instagram. That's where you're going to see that powerful reel. We're on Facebook. Like our Facebook page. And wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe, leave a review, rate us. We're available everywhere fine podcasts are found. Isn't that true, Michael Rez? That's true. Everywhere fine podcasts are found, especially on Apple Podcasts, where you can actually leave a review. You can leave some ratings. If you're going to leave a rating, leave a review. And uh, we were just reading some of them, and we think all of them are great. They're powerful. Uh, even even the guy that hates us from Australia. That's right. I should point out, when you say like your Facebook page, just liking the page isn't enough. You actually have to click something. You do. It's like on YouTube, they always say smash the like button. Yeah, subscribe, mm-hmm. turn that bell on. Yes. But the big thing on uh, podcasts, you, you need to subscribe. And you need to leave a review because it's the powerful algorithms. It's what helps us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's many podcasts, but there's only one amazing pop pod. That's right. We actually created our own algorithm by changing the name to the amazing pop culture. Podcast, we did. Which is awesome. Yes. I learned it from the Amish. You know, it's funny because Al Gore doesn't seem like a guy who has much rhythm. <laughs> I love See, Al Gore. Just save that for the open mics. Damn it. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Giving that Farber is a clever, funny dude, and he writes mm. well. I feel like you should write for us. I know you're busy. You got all that. Yeah. What do you do call him? We have an, um, an amazing writer. Yeah, what do you call him? Children and families, and he's very religious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A like, wife who has expectations of me. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, uh, it's I know, it's, it's good. Murder. All right, back to Africa. Okay. All right, so uh, you, you land in the Kilimanjaro airport. You get to the right. the parking lot, which is kind of kind of a funny visual for me. You show up to a parking lot in front of a mountain that's also a volcano. So how do you get right, ready? Yeah. How do you get from the parking lot to like the base of the mountain, or or where do you go from there? Well, we spent the first one or two nights at a lodge in the nearest town, and then on the day of the where we when we began the hike, we drove that the lodge was on the south side of the mountain. And I think there are six different routes to the top of Kilimanjaro, only, but only one of them approaches from the north. So that was the one that we took. Is it so like, we had to drive. Is it like Google Maps hours. where it picks the shortest, <laughs> <laughs> the shortest route? Right. No. Well, it's, I, I think, it, does Google Maps really work? Because it seems they always seem to throw me in a wild goose chase. But, I know, that's true. Uh, yeah. So we had a like a two-couple-hour bumpy bus. Uh, jeep ride to get to the to the gate and in the process also gained maybe i don't know a couple thousand feet of elevation so the gate you know we we, st- we entered the park at about six thousand feet whoa that's more than a mile yeah that's sure. higher than denver yeah we started on a wednesday and it was overcast uh there's i we, we walked through six different temperate zones on our hike, the first one was a a rainforest, and it didn't disappoint. It rained 
probably two hours straight, um, which kind of prevented us from seeing monkeys, which apparently live in the rainforest there. But, um, and that's actually the only rain that we saw the whole trip. So we were lucky in that regard. Did you bust the uh, rains? Uh, we did actually not, not that day, but yeah, we'll get to to that. (laughs) Right. So you're six, six distinct zones. Yeah. Starting with the rainforest. Right. And I don't remember, don't ask me what they are because I don't remember. All I know is that at one point, all the vegetation and animal life and, and then it's just thin air. That's on the last day. How cold does it get at night or on the way up? I mean, I'm sure you're probably in like a shorts and t-shirt to start. And by the time you get to the top, I'm picturing like parkas and winter caps. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you dress for six different tempered temperature zones? Well, like I said, a lot of layers, uh, and you said shorts funny. Cause I, I didn't think to bring a pair of shorts, even though, uh, the equator is like right there. Um, but I figured, eh, we're not going to be in the, the heat for very, for very long. So I'll, I'll go without <laughs> us. You know, I was kind of afraid of malaria and other right, bugs and mosquito borne breezes. Is malaria there? Yeah. And I, and, and I, well, and, and I did take medicine for it. So to prevent it, but, uh, is there any of the other ones like yellow fever and teetsy yeah, flies? Malaria, malaria, yellow fever and hepatitis were the three. Well, let's see. I guess I got the yellow fever vaccine and then I got the medicine against malaria, just like pill form. But they, uh, yeah, no, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't bring any shorts. So, and, and, and on the, in the cities and the towns of Tanzania, you know, cause it it's like 90 every day. It's right. Like I said, right on the equator, but, uh, hiking during the day, we, we have, um, you know, they send us a pretty exhaustive list of, gear to bring so we had like these hiking pants and uh you had to bring all these clothes that wick out the moisture uh, like pashmina wool and uh fleece and stuff like that so i had to go out and buy all new underwear but um mesh yeah and so during the day it wasn't super hot or super (laughs) cold it was pretty reasonable like 50s maybe the first couple days at night it would below go below freezing but during the day, it was always really pleasant. So you said there was 40 guys to help you? Yeah. So how did, when you got together, so there's nine dudes plus the 40, you all met up, and then you uh, break off into groups, or how does that work? Well, the, the nine go together with the, the guides. The guides and the porters are the two different uh, classifications, I guess. The porters are the guys who carry all the stuff. And the guides are the guys who walk with us and, uh, you know, have expertise and, and our, our guides, you know, they guide us. So we, the porters every morning would, we, we would pack up, we would start hiking. We have our day packs on our backs and, uh, they would break down the camp. They would put everything in, in bags and then they would carry them mostly on their, on their necks or their heads. and and lap us pretty much they would just you know they'd walk past us and get to the the site of the next camp set up so when, by the time we got there everything was all ready for us to 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 move into so these dudes are like amazing 
mostly young guys, mostly probably in their twenties. So what are we eating? What is the food? Uh, a lot of carbs. We had a lot, had a lot of water-based items, we had a lot of soup, uh, fruits, rice and beans. We had millet a bunch of times. Millet. What's, yeah. what's millet? Tell Mike or DJ Rose what millet is. Uh, I think millet is a grain that's found uh, in Africa and maybe parts of Asia. Is it, is it, is it like just like in black form or how, how is that? How do you? Uh, it's, it? it's like uh, oatmeal. Oh, okay. they, they prepare it like gotcha. oatmeal. Yeah. He thought it was like, you know, for birds when oh, you have like that suet. big suet yeah, block. I'm thinking where you just suet kind of suet. <laughs> like, it. Yeah. Right. You know, I could do the oatmeal. That'd be great. Oatmeal. Yeah. Throw some berries yeah. or bananas in there. And oh, right. you put acai berries in there? Those are very popular right now. Acai berries? Acacia? Oh, Yes. Acai berries. Yes. Acai berries. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. If they're, if they're good for you and you're on a hike, I think when you're going and climbing Kilimanjaro, you got to eat everything that's good for you. It's not How like I can eat a avocado. Pizza. That's like a super food. It is. Yeah. It is. It's poisonous. They have a lot of bananas there. Are they different? Are they weird looking? Are they shorter? Or do they look uh, like our bananas? When I say well, our, well, I mean, <laughs> the bananas we import. <laughs> right. My own personal bananas. Uh, well, your own they, personal <laughs> banana. All right, go ahead. Right. Uh uh there were there were some of those smaller little tiny bananas. We saw those occasionally. But uh we drove through a couple of villages that were like banana central and there were like stalks and stalks of bananas. I don't mean like a bunch, but I mean like a stalk with like a hundred bananas on it just just got cut off the banana tree and women and yeah and, and and women would be like carrying them away on their heads uh guys would be walking with like i don't know a thousand bananas in the back of their bicycle or on their motorcycle um it was crazy how many bananas there were so like what, a banana market no that's cool i thank you for describing that like the smells the sounds are is there mm-hmm. music playing? I mean, is this a, when you first got there, was it a big city or a smaller town, village? What was it like? It was, um, it was, I think it's probably a small town. They said it was like 300,000 people, but it, that was kind of hard to believe. It seemed a lot smaller. We went into the town itself to do a little uh, souvenir shopping. And, we, you know, we didn't see, uh, you didn't see large crowds of people like you would in a, big city even the size of like minneapolis or something which has got about 300 and some thousand in it but uh yeah it was just people everywhere like on the side of the road like uh the, the main road was just two lanes undivided uh, a lot of diesel fumes um a lot of mo- ton of motorcycles they used motorcycles like as taxis so anybody needs to go from here to there they just flag a motorcycle and these guys are <laughs> sitting on the sides of the road and both sides just waiting you know, under, under a tree getting shade and just lots of animals on the side of the road and kids walking back and forth. A lot of kids in uniforms going to like government sponsored schools. What side of the road did they drive on? They're on the left. Very European. Yeah. It was a, uh, a British colony. It was, a, I think originally a German colony and then it became a British colony and they got their independence. I'm going to say like 1967, 69, somewhere in there. So the go-to mode of transportation is motorbike? That was the most, uh, you ready for a good word, ubiquitous. Yes, ubiquitous. Right. But uh, yeah, they had buses. 
a lot of buses, a lot of big trucks that clogging up the, the road. So people would have to pass. And, you know, the, the custom is you pass and there's a car or a truck or a bus or something coming at you. It's your responsibility to move back over. Right. But if you're passing somebody and there's like a motorcycle in front of you, it's the motorcycle's responsibility to go onto the shoulder so they don't get run over. Whoa. I couldn't keep track of that. I'd be killed in the first day I was there. So it was yeah, pretty chaotic. Yeah. yeah. It was very harried. Now, did you uh, always stay like in that group of nine or did you guys ever split off and just go have drinks or was it real regimented? Well, we had the head guide. His name was Benny. They called him the human metronome. And so he, he set the pace and we were not allowed to walk in front of Benny ever. Uh, did anyone and, try? Huh? Did anyone try like, fuck Benny? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I, I tried walking next to him a couple of times, but I got nervous. Way. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to find out what happened. <laughs> He was probably looking out for like snakes and shit though, right? I mean, he's probably ahead of you guys right. just to make sure there's like, you're not going to step in like a killer, killer hornet, murder hornet nest or something. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Micro DJ Rez. What, what dangers were in Africa on this trip? That's interesting. Besides lions. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I, well, I, on the, on the mountain, I don't think there were snakes. Actually, I asked if there were snakes and the answer was to that was no. Uh, you know, they, they did have some wild animals, but they're, they're usually pretty skittish and you don't, they don't come too close to the hikers. In most places, there wasn't really much danger of like falling off a really big cliff or something. But, you know, I'm sure lots of people twist ankles and stumble and maybe skin their knee or something like that. I don't know. I do mean, they leave the guess, bodies up there like they do on Everest? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they'd probably bring them back. I don't, I think, uh, there's not a, there's not that many, so they can afford to bring them back. How about spiders? Cause like DJ Rez doesn't uh, like spiders. I hate spiders. Mm-hmm. I didn't see spiders, but there were a lot of ants. A ton yeah, of ants. exactly. And I was going to ask you, yes, go ahead on yeah. the ants. Right. And I think they were like climbing up our, our legs. Cause I, and I, I think I might've gotten bit a couple of times, like on my thighs. Cause all of a sudden like piercing pain you know like what else could it be but probably just an ant or something yeah see that's that's another fear of mine is being swarmed by ants i was in arkansas a couple of years ago and there's fire ants everywhere down there and yeah. they pretty much leave you alone but if you stumble across a like a right if you look at them room, wrong yeah they, yeah, they might like, come on boys we got we got dinner you know so right fuck, fuck the ants too mm-hmm. so you're afraid of spiders you're afraid of ants what else are you afraid of uh, just anything creepy crawly, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's, it's funny cause I, I work at a paper mill. We have cockroaches everywhere in the basements and mm-hmm. I, I hate those too. Those things have crawled up the back of my neck, gotten that Ooh. far up and that just, you ever yeah. pulled a groin muscle <laughs> when reacting to a cockroach climbing on the back of your neck? It's not fun. That's <laughs> a good story right. to tell people, but it's not fun to do. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm sure you probably, when, when people are asking what's the matter, you probably, exaggerate the uh embellish the uh the details of that oh yeah oh yeah of course right yeah there was uh yeah nobody got injured or anything like that and and even though i didn't train a a ton beforehand uh i i felt remarkably well most of the time uh i think the second day most days the hikes were like four or five hours a day uh but the second day was an extra long hike it was like eight and a half hours because it wasn't just up, but it was like over. So we had to traverse 
a lot of the side of the of, of the mountain and by the end of that day i was dragging i was really sore but you know somehow miraculously the next morning i felt great so what's the elevation when oxygen becomes a problem lack of it yeah well people have different thresholds i think for dealing with it some people probably i think even if they go to colorado or you know just regular eight ten thousand feet might start to feel something a couple guys i think between the 14 to sixteen thousand foot range started to get headaches and and had to hang back one of the days for a little bit um but then caught up to us i didn't really feel any effects until the very last day when we pushed up to the summit because uh, then i got i got a bad that day what was the elevation on the summit uh, about 194. Wow. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Uh, uh, DJ Mike Rez gets woozy on the big slide at the state fair. So. <laughs> uh, headaches so, and nausea. Yes. And uh, right. I got to lie down on the top there for a little bit. Yes. 19,000. <laughs> wow. I'm just imagining what, how he would react if he had, were to ride a, uh, a rug made out of spiders down the big slide. Oh yeah. I'd freak out. I'd, I'd pass out. <laughs> yeah, because you know they have the microphones there, and he probably would. It would be. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Great audio. It'd be great audio. Did yeah. you get to the top and do the dad joke? I can see my house from here. <laughs> well, no, but I did do uh, something uh, unique at the top. Tell us. Uh, well, you 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 know you saw it. Yes, tell the listeners that haven't seen your powerful video mm-hmm. on Instagram. Amazing pop culture podcast. Make sure you follow us there. Go ahead. Shameless plug. Yeah, I did a uh, headstand. Stood on my head. Went uh, ass over ankles. It was the... Oh, wait, ass over head. The highest headstand ever in the history of the world, I bet. Well, I don't know about that, but I was, I'm yeah, pretty but convinced it's probably, probably the was, highest headstand right? in, in Africa, at least. You think anyone's ever done a headstand on top of Everest? Which is taller, Kilimanjaro or Everest? Everest, Everest has got okay. about 10,000 on that, I think. All right. So if somebody did yeah. a headstand on that, then sure. But we'll, for mm-hmm. the purpose of this podcast, it's the highest headstand ever. It is. Yeah. Well, and prove me wrong, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. We're going to need some proof to prove us wrong on that. So. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, it's a kind of a little thing I do when I travel. I like to do a headstand and in different places. The headstand guy. That's who you are. So tell us how many different countries, continents, whatever those are places in the world you've done a headstand. Um, at four continents and counting. Oh, you got 13 to go. Yeah. Give or take. Give or take. Right. So once you get to the top, how long, how long do you hang out at the summit? before everyone's like okay i gotta go because i'm about to pass was it oh i thought it was like chevy chase when he looked at the <laughs> grand canyon <laughs> just goes, okay okay kids back in the car yeah, yeah no it, it wasn't much different than that actually i think uh they they limited it to 20 minutes and he's like we gotta go and uh well so i got separated from benny i got separated from the whole group because <laughs> i was having issues with the, uh with the elevation and so one of the guides hung back with me and everybody else kept going and it was dark because we started the, the ascent to the peak at, at midnight and hiked through the night 
So wow. I could hear people and I could see their, the lights, you know, they have these headlights on their heads. I could see lights ahead of us. And I, I assumed it was our group. It might've been a different group, but you can't really tell distance in the dark. So I, I was just me and this guard, um, guide, Julius, who uh, he, he was with me, just the two of us for probably nine hours. Oh. Uh, yeah, he, he, he saved my butt. I mean, I wouldn't have done it without him. He, uh, I couldn't carry my backpack, so he, he held my backpack for me. I, um, and then I, I got to the point where, you know, the oxygen was so low and I was having trouble breathing. This, again, might have been a function of not training uh, a whole lot. But I got to the point where for, for a certain while, I couldn't take more than three steps without having to stop and catch my breath. And uh, it went on like that for a couple hours. Well, that's me at like at home. In my yeah, <laughs> right. Going from the first floor to the second floor. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oof. Did this feel like a religious experience? I, I don't know. I guess I don't know what a religious experience feels like. I mean, did you, did you, but did you feel, it, I mean, you must have, there must've been times when you, when you look up and you like, like there's something more, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, it was, it was definitely awe inspiring. I mean, there were moments where you, you know, you're, you're so busy looking at the ground because you don't want to trip or you don't want to walk into the back of the guy in front of you or something like that. So you're always looking down, but you always have to remind yourself to look up because, you know, you're missing scenery that, that is jaw-droppingly beautiful. And, um, but also the clouds are, are kind of moving in and out. And so you, you might look up and a cloud might be just passing and you might get a, catch a glimpse of the, of the mountain. Or, you know, just like a, a rock formation or something like that. But it, I, I, I didn't, so I don't know if it's necessarily religious, but I mean, when, I got, when, yeah. I was, when I was approaching the summit, I was having trouble walking again. And Julius, the guide, 61-year-old grandfather, w- was holding my hand. And I was walking with, with a pole in one hand and him holding my other hand, you know, taking tiny little baby steps. And I, I looked up. And I saw the sign, which is at the peak that everyone, you know, it's like the focal point. And I just started bawling. Oh, and, okay. Uh, that, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, uh, about the same time, the other eight guys and the other guides who were with them were coming down from the peak. So, you know, even though I was separated from them for hours, they were only like 20 minutes ahead of me, which kind of blew my mind. But, um, and so they, you know, they saw me and we cheered and, and, they, and we hugged each other and they were crying and you know it was just it was very emotional all that hard work and then you get to the top and that that is amazing yeah so yeah. Where, where are the clouds at i mean are you looking when you're that high up are are you through the clouds are they are they below you are they on top of you when we got to the top uh it, they were below us but they were up below us on the south side so the last couple of days it was clear the whole time but we could see clouds going like kind of skirting the mo- mountain on the south side and then from the top you know you could look down and see a carpet of clouds which was covering the ground on that side of the mountain what is the wind like when you're up there uh i don't remember there being a lot of wind most of the time but on the summit itself it was like it was like a like walking out of the metrodome after a twins game <laughs> yeah it's that's it, nice reference yeah. i think everybody right. it was that, yeah. 
uh, Google it. It's so, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, but I'm telling people it was sustained 40 mile an hour winds, you know, could have been 30, could have been 50. I don't know, but it was heavy wind constantly at that point. It blew my hat off my head. So yeah, that was pretty crazy. The sacrifice. And, but it warmed up. It, it wasn't so cold at the peak. It was the coldest was the night that night before when we, when it was still dark out. Uh, it was, I don't know, it felt like it was like eight degrees out or something like that. My fingers were, were tingling and going numb. And, but once the sun came up, it, it warmed up again. Not, not a lot. I mean, it was probably in the thirties and then maybe by when we got to the peak twenties, maybe, I don't know, twenties, but windy. So what is the trip down? Like the descent, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, as far as the oxygen and the, the elevation, it was not a problem at all. I mean, if you're, even if you're like, walking on a path that's got a slight uh decline you know it, it shouldn't be a problem it's only going up at that elevation but when we got to the point so it was let me describe the the peak of kilimanjaro it's like a capital c and you you're climbing all night to get to the bottom of the capital c and then you kind of you you walk around the half circle to the peak which is at the top of the capital c but to get to the cap bottom of the capital C, you have to walk up a hill, mostly like two thirds or, or more of loose gravel, which I guess is called scree, S-C-R-E-E. Scree. Scree. And then the last third or less than a third is, is like big volcanic boulders that you kind of had to climb over. And again, I'm going like three steps at a time. So it took me a long time to get up that portion. But going down that, again, the sun was up. So you could see how long you still had to go and we were hiking and hiking and hiking it's like we're never going to get down i can't believe how high up we are but it was loose gravel so that that zigzags but you know you're in a hurry you want to get down and so we did a lot of gravel surfing scree surfing whoa kind of down the down the side of the mountain see that that would be the moment i wish i had like a piece of cardboard <laughs> right or a break dance or, or a rug to, to made out of spiders you know just kind of fly down that thing <laughs> right where are the microphones let's go yes well you know when we visited our friend richard in china we went to the great wall you know you gotta you have to go up a fair amount to get to the wall and then to come back down again i think you took a ski a ski lift to get up to the bottom of the wall that you can actually climb onto the wall but to get back down to the parking lot at the great wall they had like a it was like a ride you know it was like a, a sled ride or something like that that went kind of zigzag back and forth richard has a video of that you should ask richard about that sometime yes all in all this was an amazing trip huh mm-hmm. yeah it was uh it was a singular trip i it was something that i you know, I look back on it and it's like a dream. It's like, did I really do that? I, 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 or did I just dream it? I, I don't know. Cl- clearly the, the most amazing thing that I've ever done. I mean, it was, it was really hard, but like, I never felt like I was not going to do it. The only thing that would have stopped me was if they said, no, you can't because it's not healthy or, you know, you're going to, you're having adverse reactions to the uh, altitude. But um, the guy, got Julius, kept saying, you're doing fine. You know, we're not in a hurry. Take as long as you need. 
And I, I just, I just kept going, you know, I, I came all this way. I wasn't going to turn around. So Africa, when you go there, I mean, does it feel special that you're in such a magical place? Yeah. Well, uh, it was, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it was, uh, I've been in some pretty special places, uh, and I don't think one is more special or more magical. They're just different, but, um, yeah, this is certainly more different than anything else I've ever been. Uh, people were, were very nice. Uh, everybody got along. It's a country, I guess it's like, I think it's a majority Christian country, but not a big majority. Like there's only like Christian to Muslim. It might be like, I don't know, 50 to 45 or something like that, you know, with 5% other, but everybody gets along, you know, there's not as far as I could tell any division. We saw like groups of kids. Some of the girls were wearing those, you know, the head coverings. That's cool. Do they have that cool red earth there? That part of the continent? Uh, I don't know what that is. You know, like the soil is almost blood red. Almost like right. a clay. Yeah. Like, like in Arizona, you mean? Like, yeah, like in, All I can think of is Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond. Remember? When he, <laughs> when he dies there, it's almost... All right. spoiler alert. Jesus yes. Christ. Come oh, on. Oh, too soon. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, thanks thank, a lot. Bud. Thank you, Farber. What a powerful yeah, story. Yeah, that was awesome. Hey, you guys got to work on the powerful thing. Shouldn't you be doing it like, uh, uh, it was like a Tony the Tiger commercial. The pow, pow, powerful. Yeah, but. Oh, there's a Power, power. Wheels. The Power Wheels commercial had that. Power, right. power, but then it power sounds wheels. like power, uh, the, the trucker. <laughs> oh, po- so, power right. 92. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Can't, we can't DJ Mike Rez worked there at KQ. Oh, yeah. It was, was, an, in, it was an intern there. A powerful for, intern. For over like a year and a mm-hmm. half. It yes. Was, it was sweet. Right. A lot of fun. When? What, what era? Uh, that was, uh, would be late 90s. So it was right when, uh, Ray Eric went from nights to afternoons. So I was, is in Ray Eric's intern for almost mm, okay. a year. And then he went to afternoons and then I became Kramer's intern at night. It was like every oh, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. Just, yeah, it was either, it was one day a week for like a year and a half. It was pretty sweet. I had a lot of fun. I got a stalker. I got to tell you that story later on. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Don't you, I always find it kind of unnerving. Like when you see a guy or a woman, you know, some person who's, who's on the radio and they never look like they sound, you know, they, they never no, look like you they, none of those people look like they sound. How do you imagine <laughs> DJ Mike Rez? How does he look? Uh, well, I'm, I'm powerful. I, I think there's the only word I can wow. think of. It was spot on. I mean, yeah, right there. <laughs> right. I don't argue yeah. with that at all. <laughs> right. It's amazing. Picture me as like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. That's that's what I mm-hmm. look like. Are you familiar with the Red Green show? Uh, I've heard of it. Well, look it up. That's what he looks like. PBS. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Canada. Oh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I hope you guys had a powerful time tonight. I'm going gonna, gonna to use powerful <laughs> as many times as we can before we wrap it up here. We hope everyone had a great time. We just ask you one thing. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast. We are available everywhere. Fine podcasts are found. We also have powerful merch. So make sure you uh, check it out. Follow us on Twitter. I got links there. Links on Instagram. Links everywhere. Still uh, not too late to buy powerful gifts for the holidays. Hey, would this, would this podcast would be available like the walk me home nights? How so? 
well, you know, it's dangerous out there. I figured a powerful podcast yes. so, yeah. like that would uh, uh, protect uh, me. Imagine this podcast being Julius holding your hand to yes. the summit. <laughs> right. <laughs> who did you, who were you attracted yeah, more to? Already. Were you attracted more to Benny or Julius? Or the rest of the um, chats or? Right. Yeah. No, I don't know. That's a, yeah. that's a tough call. I, I kind of depends on the moment. All right. Julius probably had softer hands. Right. Well, it depends if you're a porter. <laughs> a porter or a guy. Yes. Porters probably have more calluses. Powerful interview. Thank you, Far- Farber, for coming in the barn tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, I hope, uh, I, I know I did. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> and until next time, you've just enjoyed the amazing pop culture podcast. Thank you for listening to the amazing pop culture podcast. The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. Please leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. Like and follow The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And shop our Amazing Pop Culture merch. This has been an Amazing Pop Culture Podcast production.